0: Hello and welcome everyone to our podcast series, The Spotlight. I'm your host, Frederike Schnabel. Thanks a lot for tuning in. With me today is Vincent Chenier, head of research at Generali Insurance Asset Management. Welcome, Vincent. Hello, everyone. Vincent, last month you told us the party was over. Since that, we have seen much turmoil in the banking sector. How serious is it?
1: Yes, you are referring to the failure of the Silicon Valley Bank, a signature bank, and the rescue of Credit Suisse. Those crises are largely idiosyncratic. Those banks had either poor risk management or serious business strategy issues, which eventually led to a flight of deposits and attacks from the market. But we cannot ignore the systemic component of the crisis. This comes after 475 basis points of rate hikes from the Fed over the past year. The rising years has created Large, unrealized losses, this creates an intrinsic fragility, leading banks to protect their liquidity, which accentuates the battle for deposits and eats into net interest rate margins. The decline in bank shares, as well as the widening of financial spreads, imply an increase in the cost of capital, which will inevitably lead to a rationalization of balance sheets. Will this have a strong impact on the economy? Historically, lending standards are a very good predictor of GDP. The risk of a recession later this year, especially in the U.S., remains very significant. The quarterly lending survey of the Fed is already showing a clear deterioration. The only predictive certainty following those banking events is the further tightening of lending standards. The scarcity of a bank credit will weight on the economy spread to disintermediated finance, and cause a repricing of credits. This is true not just for the US. Look, in Europe, credit production has been negative for the past three months, particularly so in January. Sectors of the economy that saw a sharp rise in leverage in the not so distant period of negative rates will suffer most. Looking at the US again, non-systemic banks hold almost half of bank assets and play a major role in the distribution of credit, up to 80% in the commercial real estate sector. This sector, as well as great risk in general, and mostly on the most vulnerable areas, such as high yield, leverage loans, and the less regulated private markets, will come under pressure. Those who have got carried away on leverage or
0: have compromised on the quality of investments
1: will be exposed.
0: But so far, the economy has been resilient and the equity market correction limited.
1: Indeed, the stocks 50, for instance, is down just 3-4% from its local peak in early March. This may be due to prudent investor positioning. The sharp downward repricing of the implied Fed pass has also helped to support equity valuation. Finally, the recent economic data has been strong. For instance, the composite PMI uh, for March have jumped on both sides of the Atlantic. The global economy is still enjoying some tailwinds from the pandemic era, when the massive fiscal and monetary easing led to a surge in excess savings. China's reopening is also helping, but investors tend to underestimate the lags at play. The steep monetary tightening of the past year will only progressively feed through the economy. Already, housing activity has slumped, especially in the U.S. Next, you will see some weakening in durable orders and corporate profits. And only further down the road,
0: some deterioration in employment trends. Respect the lags. Do you see a systemic risk? How much can we rely on policy intervention, which so far seems to have effectively contained financial stress? Well, banks are much better capitalized
1: than in 2008. Also, unrealized losses this time mostly come from the rise in loan rates in 2022, which is less toxic than the losses from bad loans in 2008. Should pessimism rise, rates would drop, mechanically reducing those losses. It's true that policymakers have learned from 2008 and have been very keen to stop contagion from rates-induced to credit-induced losses. The rate hike cycle may be over, and central banks will provide any needed emergency liquidity. But high inflation, elevated public debt, and post-GFC regulation, which are here to reduce more hazard and taxpayer exposure, may limit the scope or credibility of the interventions. For instance, it seems difficult for the FDIC to satisfy the request of regional banks for a total protection of their deposits beyond the limit of $250,000. Policy intervention has reassured investors, but underlying stress remains. For instance, U.S. regional bank stocks have not recovered and real estate stocks are still falling as we speak. So, Vincent, how to position portfolios in this context? It's not 2008, but we do expect economic and financial aftershocks. The easing of financial conditions in the face of tightening lending standards looks suspicious, to say the least. So is the outperformance of cyclical stocks versus defensives through the turn of the year. We are long cash, core gravies, and investment-grade credits, and short, high-yield stocks, especially cyclical sectors, and peripheral euro gobbies. Rate volatility has surged and looks very high relative to equity volatility. This partly explains the very low equity risk premium, especially in the U.S., but this is not sustainable in our view.
0: Thanks a lot, Vincent, for sharing these valuable insights with us. Thank you for your attention.